0: Good morning. Welcome. Thanks for coming out on this rainy day. On behalf of myself, I'm Carrie House, and Michelle Ansell, we'd like to welcome you, and the whole Treasury Department wants to welcome you, and um, especially give you a special commendation for coming out in this weather. (laughs) It's a little, I think we're all wet, Michelle shouldn't, that we all are, so not to worry about it. So, um, I've been thinking um, about what it is to be a treasurer a little bit more since I've been an auditor for two years now, and I noticed um, the faithfulness of so many treasures. And um, I was thinking about Malachi 310 the other day and how um, it says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. And I always thought that meant that just, you know, for, as a person I'm supposed to pay tithe, but as I become involved more in this, I realize that there's a lot of bringing in that happens um, by people such as yourselves. And so we're just very grateful for the wonderful job that all of you do. And so um, this morning, you're not welcome. Let's um, bow our heads for an opening prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to serve in your cause. We thank you for the, the funds that you are bringing in to, to service your worldwide work and the small part we can play in helping things get to the right place. Thank you for each person here and their faithfulness and their willingness to work in your work. And I pray now, Lord, that you will send your spirit upon us this morning. We need your help and guidance to understand what we should so that we can help things to operate in the best manner possible. So we thank you. ask your blessing on us here, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to mirror what Carrie
1: said. Thank you so much for coming today. Um, We have a lot of information for you today, so we're going to get right into it. But before we have our presenters come up, there's just a couple things that I want to tell you about. Um, We have a treasurer in this conference who gave me a call a couple of weeks ago and said to me, My house burned down last night and it was such a such a hot fire that he is a disabled person he has a specially made van for his knees and it kind of melted his van so he lost everything guess where all of his church books and everything were? in his house and his van, so he lost everything. So one of our jobs after camp meeting is to try and rebuild 2017 as best we can with what information we can get from the bank. I told this story to our conference treasurer. And so what we would like to do today is as you leave, Carrie and I will be passing out flash drives. Now, we gave you flash drives a couple of years ago, and we said we didn't really care if you used it for personal or if you used it for work, but it had our number on it. And But now we do want you to use it for work. <laughs> <laughs> and what we would like to suggest, and the purpose of giving you a second flash drive, is that um, I know that many of you work from your homes when you do your church and your school books. And so I don't expect you to relocate to the church or to some off. place. However, what I do expect now, because of the situation, is do a backup, have a second backup somewhere off-site. So if you have an assistant treasurer, trade off with them. If you have a place at the church where you can put this away and only you know where it is, well, until you're done being a treasurer, you can just trade it in and out. The idea is that should I mean, something happen, a disaster happen, and you lose the church records, your computer melts away, we don't have to go back and try to rebuild an entire year. Now, when we come to audit, we always take backup, So we have the, the historical data from the last time we saw you backwards. Well, we don't have your current stuff. And so we just really want to encourage you. So please don't leave today until you see Carrie or myself. Well, Erin, are
0: you going to be here for the thing? The whole thing? Of course.
1: Okay. Well, then Carrie and I, we'll be passing these out at the end. So please don't leave without this little flash drive. And um, just be very aware of the possibilities of bad things do happen. And, um, but if they do happen, please call us. We will help you through it. Okay? The other thing I want to say real quickly is, how many of you have had trouble with Adventist Online Giving? Yeah. Many of us have. Well, what I want to tell you today is just simply two things. They've redone their their website, as everybody knows. They had told us a couple of months ago they were going to start bi-monthly deposits. That did not happen, but they are going to start in June. So starting here in June, there will be two deposits every month through Adventist Online Giving. The other thing I want to tell you is that you can no longer access your reports using Internet Explorer, which is the little E on your computer for the Internet. That's why you can get into it, but when you click on the PDF report, you're going to sit there for 20 minutes. And <laughs> it's just going to go round and round and round. You're not going to get anything. So what we are suggesting is if you can use Chrome, if you can go in through Chrome, you will have no trouble being able to access the PDF reports, okay? Mm -hmm. Does Firefox work as well? You can try it, I don't know. I know that Chrome works because that's how I have to get my reports. So I know that Chrome works and you can use it through that way, okay? Now, we know that the reason you come to our meetings is because you love Carrie and I so much, but you come to get tithe envelopes. Yeah, we know that. So, what I wanted to tell you is that the tithe envelopes are coming. We did bring them up. We have six cases of them with us this year. Unfortunately, I said to deliver them to the Boys Dorm Worship Room. They ended up in the warehouse. So I don't know, Boys Dorm Warehouse. So, we have someone bringing them up during our meeting today. So there will be tied envelopes available to you at the end of our seminar today, okay? All right. Today we have two very special guests that are going to be presenting for us. The first one is Leander, and I'm sorry, Tomaselli? That's that, right. Oh, yeah. yay for me! Uh, <laughs> he is our Advent, our Lake Union Adventist Risk Management Representative. And not only were treasurers invited to this seminar today, but so were church safety officers, which is kind of a new concept again, but it's a concept that is very, very important. And um, so we're hoping that you will start the conversations back on your boards with some of the information that Leander is going to share with us today. When he is finished with his question and answer, then Lance Mack, and most of you, if not all of you, know Lance Mack from the Lake Union. He's one of the programmers for the Lucas software. He's going to talk about how secure our Lucas system is with all of the news we get about, you know, internet people hacking and this and that. He's gonna talk about just how safe our data is when we're working on the internet with our, with our Lucas software, okay? Leander, thank you so much for coming.
2: Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming and making it through the rain. It was a lot of rain this morning on the way here. And my name is Leander Tomazelli. I'm from Adventist Risk Management. But before I start, I want to ask you a question. Um, How many of you are church treasurers? Okay. How many of you are safety officers? Okay. Good. Um, Who am I missing here? That's That's it. Yeah. Okay. Very good. How many of you know what Adventist Risk Management do? Yeah. Very good. Some of you don't. So before I start, I want to show you a quick video of this is not working. Okay, I'll use this. Of what about what we do? All right. So that, that's what we do. We exist to serve you, the church. We are we have a supporting role in the ministry of what you do as a church. So just want to introduce the team. That's me on the left, and on my left, and Nancy's the CSR, the customer service rep. So if you need if you're doing an activity at the state gym. Gymnastic place or or the whatever it is that you need a certificate of insurance. You go through the conference. The conference requests that certificate of insurance from us, and we issue that. And the conference sends it back to you. So Nancy is the one who produces that certificate of insurance. Now, what what do we do?
3: Yes, question. What's the time process for that request?
2: What was How it? Does it take? Uh, it depends. If it's a rush request, it could take 24 hours or less. Uh, if it's not, depending on the, how much demand we have, we, we can take 48 hours. But we usually turn it around pretty quickly. So, are you
4: based in Michigan or the GC since that's
2: a GC from When? We are based at the GC building. Yes, at the same building as the GC. No. So you
3: are, you are.
2: Silver Spring, yeah, in Maryland, yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. By the way, this has to be a conversation, so if you see or hear something you have questions on, just raise your hand, let's talk. This has to be an open open conversation so we can all learn from what we talk about. And, and by the way, if you hear a little bit of an accent in my speaking, it comes from Brazil, all the way from Brazil to you guys, so... <laughs> So we see ourselves as a ministry and not so much as a business, even though we are the insurance company for the church. We are here just to serve the church. Other insurance companies have the option of insuring anyone, any client they want. But we as a church, we have the mission of serving the church only. So if a conference wants to go outside, they can. But we will only serve the church. So let's say all the conference decide to get insurance elsewhere, even though not recommended by NAD, we would go out of business in a way. So we exist to serve the church, and nobody else understands the church how we do. We we operate as a church in a very unique way, and understanding those needs are very important. So what are the three parts of our ministry Risk identification, risk control, and risk financing. What are those three? So risk identification is where you guys as safety officers and church treasurers have a big, important role in. You analyze the risks and you identify the hazards. So we're going to talk about the inspections, but that's where you come in heavily. You go around the property and you create that mentality of safety. You see something, you see, well, that could be a hazard. You know, a kid can trip and fall because of the wires on the floor or because of this, the pothole on the parking lot, someone can fall and get hurt. So you start thinking as you, as you partake on, on the church activities and you start analyzing, identifying what the potential hazards are. And then once you identify the problems, you have to control So you create a prevention plan, you you take those suggestions, those recommendations to the church board, and then you will then make a decision, an action will take place so you minimize your overall risk. And then the risk financing is when you do everything you can but there's still risk in everything we do. So the insurance company, the way insurance work is you transfer the risk to the insurance company. So the risk of someone, even though everything is perfect and looking good, excuse me, there's still risk of someone someone walking into your church, tripping and fall, and then blaming the church afterwards. So the insurance company protects the church and the conference. Now, let's go into the real meat of safety. As you know, as some of you may know or may not know, the NAD voted the 2017 initiatives. Those are five main initiatives for 2017 and beyond. And those are, I want to show you. So the, two, the, the five initiatives, and there are basically five. We didn't want to make it too complicated. We wanted to make it simple so people could understand and, and act on them. So the first one is forming risk management committees. What are they? How do you form? And who should be part of your committees? We're going to talk about that. To remove 15 passenger vans entirely from church operation. Compliance with inspections. We're going to go over the difference between an ISO inspection and a self-inspection. Emergency planning. We recently had a safety Sabbath where we did we practiced the emergency drills, uh, shooting, uh, a shooting drill or a missing child or a fire drill. And then we have camp safety, which I have to quickly say, Mission Conference does a fantastic job with this camp. I have never seen such organized camp operation as this. So I'm very much impressed. So the process, so how does it work for you as a church treasurer or safety officer to create and, and put in place the, the, the initiatives, it's, it's a process and you have to be patient and you have to remind your leadership about the importance of safety. So you have to, to get your leadership or, on board. Practical goals. We're not going to solve everything in one, you know, in one, at once. It takes time. So what I want you to take away from everything I'm going to talk about, take two, three the most takeaways, things that can very much be applicable to your reality. Everything, if it's not applicable, just skip over it. Make sure you you grasp and you understand and and take away what is really applicable to your reality. And then once you, you have leadership on board, you're going to create measurable goals. You're going to measure your, your actions so you can then report to your auditors, which I'm going to talk about. One of the 2017 initiatives is to include a risk management item on the audit, and I'm going to show you how it's going to look like. All right, so let's move on. Um, so the risk management committees, you have you're going to you're going to include all your leadership in that meeting okay so cuz you want to you want to get every every leader in the church decision makers on board on this you're going to come up with measurable goals and some of the agenda items could be 15 passenger vans emergency planning inspections and follow up my opinion the last one inspections and follow up and then, because the 15-passenger events, we've been preaching that message for a while. I think most of you are aware of this already. Emergency planning, very good. Let's do a drill once a year, at least once a year, or twice a year recommended. And the inspections and follow-up, we're gonna talk about it in a moment. So, all right, this is pretty much the, like the map. The safety committee brings leadership, and you make a decision, you grow, you create a, a safer environment for your church. So what does it mean to be a safety officer? Okay. By the way, a lot of this information is on our website. We have a full uh, job description document on our website for safety officers. So the safety officer will be kind of the leader of this whole safety committee idea. He's going to spearhead ahead the committee uh, you're going to bring everything together, okay? At the same time, you are the leader. I don't want you to feel you're overwhelmed with the things you have to do. It, it's, it doesn't take that much time, okay? It takes willingness. And you have to, to be willing to do it. So you, you just create, you put everything in place once, and everything else is maintenance. You make sure people are following up with their recommendations the actions and so on all right let's talk about um, so the meetings they, they meet on a regular like once maybe once per quarter once per semester you just want to make sure that, re- that the actions recommended are being followed up okay there's a very good um, interesting a Bible verse that says where there's no counsel, the people fall, but in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. So when we come together as a church and we think about the safety needs of our congregation, imagine this. Imagine if because of your safety fire drill, okay, because the, the way you practiced over and over again with your church congregation, okay, a happen, uh, fire happens. And because of that practice, of that rehearsal over and over again, a church member is saved that otherwise would have lost he, his or her life. So it's that kind of mindset I want you to understand. The the things we talk about, it's about prevention. It's about preventing a death. Uh, I, 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 a lot of claims come to mind where, If we should have done, if 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 we should have thought of this beforehand, a a teenager would not have been uh, been molested, or a teenager would not have been uh, killed in in an accident. So prevention is key. Being proactive in all safety matters. So uh, let's move on. I just I don't want to spend too much time here. The NAD has voted to remove. They use renting, borrowing, everything related to 15 passenger vans and if, you, if you're not sure if you have a 15 or 12 passenger van, please call the conference or myself. I'll be happy to help you checking the VIN number, checking the wheelbase measurement as well as the vehicle length. There are a few calculations that we can put in place to find out whether or not you have a 15 passenger van. So the numbers talk for themselves. We have had, in our church only, this is just the national statistics, in our church only, we've had multiple deaths because of 15 passenger vans. They have a higher probability of rollover. And I personally have driven one like that back in my previous employment, and it is very much unstable. It's it's really weird that that's the... That's the right word. When you're driving it, you don't, you don't have much stability, so you you keep trying to get control over over the van, but it's really not there. So it's a structure problem that we have to stay away from. All right, enough on that. Uh, so managing the drivers. Quickly go over the some recommendations from ARM. Ideally, 21, 21 years old or older, driving on behalf of your organization. So let's say you're putting together an activity or a Pathfinder activity, you're going out hiking and you're taking a church, a bus or even a church member's vehicle. Okay? You look at the safety aspects to that that thing. So you ask someone responsible with uh, good driving records and you can ask for um, references There's a volunteer application. If someone is volunteering for your church, you can have that volunteer application where you can check references. Um, If that person did a background check through the conference, you have the driving record as well. So a, a, a few things in place to make sure we have the good people working on behalf of the church. Okay. And adequate insurance if driving their own vehicle. Uh, just want to highlight here that if you're driving on behalf of the organization, on behalf of the church, you or anyone in the church, as a volunteer or as a, as a personal vehicle ownership, your personal insurance rep- responds first, and then the church's insurance would pick up the excess from a liability standpoint. Okay? Any questions so far? Go ahead. Okay, that's an internal uh, conference decision. Some conferences ask uh, 250-500 because it depends on the state requirements. You have to talk to Edie Ellis at the conference to find out what is... We think it's 100-300. 100-300? Okay, so Mission Conference 100-300. Thank you. All right. Manage fatigue. Uh, you want to choose your drivers wisely. Okay. Rotate drivers every two hours. Make sure it's you. you don't choose a a, a a young adult who drives and texts. Okay. That's really. I mean, I can't say that enough. You know. You know all the dangers associated with driving and texting. Uh, vehicle maintenance. If you if you do if you have a a, a church owned vehicle you have to make sure as a treasurer or safety officer that your vehicle is properly maintained. So you can conduct a pre and post trip inspection and we actually have forms showing you how to do that. So you can download this form online, you just pretty much go around the vehicle and you can check the boxes and make sure the vehicle is in good condition. So very easy to use, a good resource Available for you guys. So this is what I, where I want to spend some good time on inspections. We one of the the main reasons from a claims perspective is uh, trips and falls. That's that's where we get the most claims out of trips and falls. People get hurt in parking lots. People get hurt at volunteering at the church. So how do we there are things we can do to prevent those from happening. So and the inspection, property inspection is one of them. The ISO, what is that? Oh, that's why it's not working. All right, it is. So the ISO, I want to explain you what is that, because we are now inspecting every single mission conference property. When I say we are now, I say in the next three to four months, all of the churches under Mission Conference will be inspected. What does that mean? That means that you as a church treasurer or the, or the pastor of the church will get a call from a company called Verisk. Verisk, V-E-R-I-S-K, Verisk. And they will say they are, uh, they are from Verisk or GenCon. GenCon is our insurance company stands for General Conference, so Gen Con, G-E-N-C-O-N. They will be scheduling an inspection, a, a property survey for your church. So what do they look like? They look like this, the, the reports. This is a huge resource for all of us. It's going to be very much useful for our church. Why? Two two main reasons. First, it's gonna give us a property evaluation. It's gonna give us the the property value, excuse me. So basically, how many of you know what a a SOV is, a statement of value, okay? It's that document you get from the conference showing (laughs) how much building coverage you have and how much content coverage you have. So this will give us a very much accurate information on property value. The second and most important reason is the hazards. This inspector, professional inspector, will go around your property and they will identify the hazards for us. So it can't get better than that, right? They do all the work and this is free of charge for the conference and for the church. That's the best part. So they will give us that information. But I don't want to rely on this. If there is a and you know your church, if there's an immediate uh, attention matter at your church, you need to speak up and bring it to your church board as soon as possible. This will be coming soon, but I don't want you to count on this if you have something very important. Alright, let's talk about the audit checklist. As we said, there will be a uh, This year, the conference, I believe, is implementing the risk management initiative, which is to add a risk management factor into the audit, into the financial audit. So how does that look like? So we have the name of the church here, location, the auditor doing the uh, audit, the safety officer name. So that means we are now asking every single church if that church has or doesn't have a safety officer. Self-inspection, okay? If you already have an ISO report, like I was showing you guys, this will be taken care of. You can put the the date you received the ISO. But if you don't have an ISO report, then we have a self-inspection form on our website Which is very easy which i want to show you this one right here hold on all right this is a self-inspection form that you can download from our website and just go around the property it's very self explanatory very easy you don't have to to think through too much you just read the question go around the property check the boss the box yes or no and if you check no that means you have a potential uh, problem and you describe the issue and you recommend action. You, do that, you have to do this once a semester, once a year. And you take that to your church board and then you follow up with the actions recommended. So let's go back to the checklist. You will also have uh, the, the, the board report when you re- report it to the board. If you have practiced an emergency drill, when did you practice or did the, did the drill? the SOV, which is the Statement of Value, which you should be receiving from the conference, and the 15-passenger van question. So you're, we are implementing all of the initiatives into a checklist questionnaire at the audit. Any questions here? Yes?
3: And in this information you give this could be available in the handout for us to take back to the churches.
2: Well yeah, this is on our website already, so you can have access to all of the the initiatives on our website. There was a link. Yeah. It's adventistrisk.org. Adventistrisk.org. Yes. I'm
3: hoping I don't come across as whiny. I'm wondering why this is for the treasurers. I, mean, I myself am just a housewife who happens to be the church treasurer. Now all of a
1: sudden then they to have to be a safety officer and do reports. No. No, 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 no. What we're doing here is as he said, we're just starting the implementation of this. So many of our churches don't have safety officers yet. Okay. So we're just presenting this to you as treasurer so that you can go back to your boards and be the instrument of starting yes. this process. We're not asking you necessarily to do it. Yes. We're asking you to be the voice to say to your board, this is what they presented to us at camp meeting. This is what we need to start working towards. So that it's, we're not expecting you to do it.
2: Yes, that, that's right. And, and it could be like a, a team work. It doesn't have to be you as a church treasurer, as Michelle was saying. But it, we have to start the conversation. That, that's the goal here. We, we have been delaying over and over, but now is the time to talk about I We have seen so many sexual misconduct claims, uh, some, some auto claims on the church because we didn't do due diligence in the things that we should have done. So com- talking about this stuff is good. Yes?
3: Are we as treasures the only ones being told? To present to the boards or the pastors being notified that this is going to need to be a
2: requirement? We have been talking every at, at every opportunity, uh, employees meetings, we have been year-end meetings, we, we've been communicating this message over and over to our conferences and our employees. At, at some churches you might be the only one to know, uh, I'm not 100% sure, but you should definitely bring it up and yeah, I think it's a, it's a good conversation. Yes. We
3: just recently installed cameras on our, inside our church and on our church property. Does that give us a deduction in our insurance? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, it, well, not directly. There's not specific rates, uh, rate change for having cameras. However, when you do that, you reduce the likelihood of a claim because you, you scared the robbers. They don't like cameras, so they go away. So that means your overall claim history will reduce, which the conference will take that into consideration when distributing and analyzing the, the allocation of premium. But I'm
3: on my township board, and our insurance company recommended that getting ready to install cameras on the property. It about a 10% reduction
2: Okay, the conference told you that, or no, no, no. Our oh, the, the county.
3: Now, our oh, insurance yeah. with the town that we have through the township, they informed us it would be a 10 percent reduction on our insurance
2: policy. Oh, okay, mm. so,
3: it's 10% from the church.
2: so they want 10 percent from the uh, church, uh, <laughs> well,
3: it's the it's just right? Insurance company highly recommended it, and uh, they come and give us a talk at our one million. That's what we chose. <laughs> yes, so yeah, townships are in Michigan and they are like cities. Oh, okay. For people that aren't used to Michigan townships. Mm. We live in the townships.
2: Okay, and the insurance is provided through the church or through the township? That's no, no, a township. It's, it's, okay. it's
3: yeah. a, a state organization.
2: I, I see. So, yes, insurance companies, they have different rating uh, regulations. So I, I can't speak on behalf of that town, but yes.
4: Uh, thank you for bringing that up. I would just say if, if the church has implemented a security camera system or uh, put in a new alarm system or something like that, do let us know at the conference um, if EDOS or Wendy you if they're handling property insurance, because we will take that into account when we do our property insurance building. So yeah, do communicate with us.
2: Very good, thanks for bringing that up. Any other questions or comments or you want to share a story that it, everyone can benefit from? Alright, let's move on. I have a few questions. Now it's quiz time. What is wrong with this picture? It's too, old. too old? That's good. Yes, expired uh, fire, fire extinguishers. So that's one thing easy to do, right? Just go around, check your fire extinguisher, make sure it's up to date. Some uh, protection elements, uh, the the sprinkler system, sometimes they are outdated and you want to make sure they work. Um, The heat detectors, fire alarms, security systems, and lighting like we were talking about. Flammable storage, I'm going to show you a picture in in a bit. What is wrong with this picture? Well, I gave it away, but there are there are ma- mainly two things I would say is wrong with this picture. Well, the uneven park, you know, sidewalk, but what else? It's not painted. That's right. If you have uneven par- uh sidewalk, you need painting. You know, on showing the difference in, in level. So. You, you would not believe how many claims we get for, for trips and falls, hmm. people falling on, on the potholes in the parking lot, or things like that. People trip and fall, get hurt. You would not believe it. What about ice when they're getting out? Of- That's true. Ice, very yeah.
3: Been for salt, even it's been
2: yeah. Yeah. And then some churches even have one person just to go out in the parking lot and help folks to come in the church to give that extra uh, assistance for situations and scenarios like that. Now, safe in sanctuary. So exit doors. I have seen many churches piling stuff in front of their emergency doors. So we have to make sure we don't do that to, to our churches. So the, and also the emergency door hardware. It has to swing out so people can <laughs> imagine if there's a fire a hundred people trying to get out and then the doors have to open this way. That would be a a very interesting scenario. Um, So the egress maps are, are very important in emergency situations and lighting. Speaking of lighting, what's wrong with this picture? Anybody? Is it, is it, well is it wrong or is it not wrong? It depends. It's a relative. I mean, it's a tricky question because if the emergency is, is to my right, then this is correct. If the emergency uh, exit is to my left, then this picture is wrong. You see what I'm saying? So... That's right. You got to have have make sure the batteries are, are in good operating conditions. Yes, yes, exactly. Now, if you get donations like this, please just throw it away. And amazingly enough, we do get donations like that. In a smaller church setting, people donate what it's not in good condition anymore for them. So they donate to the churches, and most of the times, and many times, and I, will not, I don't want to say most, many times the, the condition of the donations we get are not safe, you know, safe items. So keep an eye on those. Uh, in, in the mother's room, you also use those outlets, make sure the little kids, my, I have a one-year-old daughter, and she likes to poke the outlet for some reason. So I, I brought some of those home, uh, you know, make it children, uh, ch- what do you call the safe for children, Child proof. Childproof the house. So yeah, make sure mother's room, you take care of all the potential hazards for the kids. the Chemicals, small objects, the GFCI, which is the special outlet for near sinks. Baptism tank. That's a good one. I We have had claims of pastors being electrocuted from using wired mics to do Uh, baptism. So, make sure you use not wired microphones. And nowadays, I think there's a a ceiling mic that you can use. That's the safest mic you can use. And even the battery-operated mics that are uh, wireless are not as dangerous as the wired microphones. And then the non-sleep materials, the non-sleep mat going up the stairs, we've seen People falling and, and getting hurt. We've had claims of children drowning on the baptism tank because they, they were not uh, drained and they were playing after church. Nobody was there to wash them. Unfortunately, they were very, very hurt. Um, all right, use of candles. Can we use candles at church or can we not? No. Okay, I remember my church, uh, I used to work for the Review and Herald, and in the church in Hagerstown, they had one of those, uh, I forgot, like the children events where they hold candles and do do that beautiful ceremony. And I remember up until today how the kids were were, uh, carrying these little candles with flames, On them, and and I didn't work for risk management back then. Now, I I get scared just by thinking about that because most churches have carpet. Okay, it takes just one drop. Okay, and if you if you if that child takes that flammable candle somewhere and there's no supervision, that church can easily burn to the ground. So no no no. If you want to use candles battery-operated candles. We're all on the same page? All right. So how many churches look like, like this? All right. So the fire marshal recommends at least three feet of clearance radius around the furnace. Okay? Do not put flammable items next to your furnace. And like this, the electrical panels and we don't, we don't want any flammables, any, any hazards on rooms, the, the furnace rooms. Yes, questions?
3: In this state, we can't put anything 36 inches in the center of the electrical boxes either direction.
2: Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. See? Very good. Yes?
3: Thank you. And 36 inches from an electrical box. I to store anything so they can get to the electrical panel in case there's emergency.
2: That's right. Very good. Yes, question. Back to
3: the previous slide about candles. Um, does that refer to you like being carried? I'm wondering
2: about a wedding. Very good. Thanks for reminding me of that. If you are under, under the fire marshal's approval, if you're doing a wedding and you're using a, a fixed candle on a candelabra, that's, that's, that's a little different. We do recommend running that and letting your fire marshal department know you're doing a wedding with candles, because uh, they will be ready to, to rescue the church if necessary. <laughs> uh, and yes, that's, that's, the, that's the scenario where it could be approved. Yeah, that's that, but it has to be fixed on, on a stand. Yeah. I
3: got a notification from the pharmacist's department, department sometime this month or next month before I inspect our church process.
2: Okay. Good. Yeah, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm glad to hear that because that, that way we, we make sure our churches are safe. Um, all right, let's move on. We only got three minutes left and I don't want to go over my time. If you're doing cleaning, just just put a sign on the floor. Uh, I have personally seen someone sleeping in the kitchen and, and like falling on the side for a very like very close that person didn't get seriously hurt but I like I was just talking to someone and I looked at the kitchen this guy like and I'm like wow the guy really got injured but thankfully thank God he didn't get injured it was just a a slip and fall but you see those are the type of claims that happen are you ready? That's I, I close with this question. The great aim of education is not knowledge but action. Are you ready to take some of this information? That one or two takeaway I told you about. Take it back to your church and putting it to, into practice. We are in the business of protecting our members. And the, the, the goal here is not to bur- burden you, overwhelm you with lots of things to do. No, that's not ever the goal. It's to provide you tools and some knowledge so you can go back to the church and provide a safer environment for your new members, for people who will be visiting your church. So that's that's what I want to leave you guys with. Just take this information, go back to your church, and let's try to do as much as we can for others. That's what the ministry is all about. Yes, some questions. I
3: tried to turn in the entrance down here, and the park cops had the entrance blocked, so I had to take a detour when I come in. So I was late. Did you have a pass out?
2: No, I didn't have a pass out. Uh, if you want this presentation, I can I can write down your email address or or mail address, and I can send it to you. Um, I can make it available online. So just let me know what would would you like from or from this everything all this information is on our website to make it easier for you guys so
3: hey, Michelle can you email us a link?
4: Yep. Yeah. You could send it to, to us at the conference Okay. Could send it out to the treasurers.
2: That's fine I can do that I send you a link by today and you can send it all uh, to, to our treasurers.
3: Yes? Despite the interest of uh, our church we don't have a safety level so we have a building and wellness committee so we get, uh, we have, uh, church, for okay. But so what we do is we have a whole checklist. We do a We inspection it the quarter. We have a whole checklist of different things that people Very good. And, uh, and then uh, if it's an emergency type thing, we really need to go to the church court. We can do it like right now, on the spot, take like a fix, type thing.
2: That's good. It's a good mm-hmm. power to have. Yeah. Yes. G- good to hear that. Yeah, another other question.
3: Yeah, this program might be nice for us to just take back to the board or something yes. and get it started. So there's a way mm-hmm. to the should
2: Okay. Yeah, um, any other question? Otherwise? Yes.
0: Church owned van transporting people, driver chauffeur's license? Question.
2: Church owned vehicle. Driver, well if it's a church owned vehicle that mean van that means the van is listed under the church policy
3: yes
0: but the driver should they not have the chauffeur's license if they're transporting people Ideally,
2: ideally yes. But you didn't
0: mention it, so I just wanted to bring that out.
2: Okay. Yeah, Yeah. ideally, yes. There is no specific language on the NAD working policy on, on, on chauffeur's license, to be specific. But, yes, ideally, from a risk management standpoint, that's the best way to go. I,
3: think the state works. Yeah, I
2: was thinking that. Too. Yeah, some states require that, some, state, some states don't. And I believe that's the reason why the NAD policy doesn't talk about it. If you're driving your personal vehicle, yes. Now, if your limits, if the claim exceeds, exhausts your personal limits, then the church insurance would pick up the excess. So the, work, the church insurance works as an excess policy. Last question.
3: Isn't that only to you if this is a church activity or something?
2: Yes, yes. Ideally, yes. That's, that's how it works. If it's a church, um, yes and no, the, the insurance is to protect the church. If we're brought into a lawsuit and the church is named as, as, as in a lawsuit, the insurance will protect the church. Yes, the church should always vote the activities, and make sure the leadership of the church is aware of who is picking up who and, and, and how the whole pickup process will take place.
3: So, we're just picking up members that want to get to church. We've to get a vote on it. we can't make it, just
2: Well, you don't have to have a vote on it, uh, and, and it's part of, part of the ministry. You just have to be aware that your personal insurance will be... Will be primary, and the church insurance may not even respond depending on the situation. It's a, a lot of variables go into a, 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 a court scenario.
3: Just one last thing if your church doesn't have one now, and you have to work with the Sabbath school departments, you should appoint a shield of vulnerability leader to make sure that everybody working with children to the shield of vulnerability.
2: That's right. That's a very good point. Um, and you can start setting up here, my friend. Yes, I do recommend. This is huge in the church operation. We are now switching over from should the vulnerable to um, verified volunteers. Every, single, every new volunteer helping out at the church should go through that background check. Thanks for bringing that up. It's very important.
3: Not sure. Must.
2: Must. Must. Yes. Yes.
1: However, however, if you did shield the vulnerable and your three years is still applicable, they are accepting that three years. Yes. But when it's time for you to renew, you will need to renew with
3: verified volunteers. Yes. Need or must.
1: Must, thank you. Must.
2: Must. One last question and I'll sit down. <laughs>
1: I skipped over the 48, 72
3: hours, and how do we know which thing that we're supposed to get a certificate of insurance for currently? Is that on the website telling us which activities I have to get a certificate,
2: right. certificate for? That requirement comes from whoever you're renting it from. So if, you, if you're doing an activity from uh, renting a gymnasium from the state, the state will come to you at the application process and say, we need a certificate of insurance with this language, with this insurance limit. So that at that point is where you come to us and come to the conference and say, "I need to fulfill this requirement, this insurance requirement." Otherwise, you don't need a certificate of insurance. If no one is asking you for one, that's the behind the scenes.
1: We don't expect you to know all of that, but we have three, three yeah. good people at the front calling Edie and Wendy are very good at what they do. So if you have any questions at all about insurance. Please call them at the conference office. They will be more than happy to answer your question. And if they don't know, they will get the answer for you. Okay? Okay. Hang on just one second, Lance. Sure. Did you do the speaker thingy? Okay. Um, our current under-treasurer, Aaron McNulty, would like to say a few words.
4: Oh, well, I could say at the end, but I just want to um, share with you how much I appreciate all of what you do. Um, just briefly, I have accepted a call to the Kentucky Tennessee Conference, um, I'll be serving as their treasurer down there, but I just want to thank you guys for what you do. Um, I appreciated the interaction I've had with those of you that I have had, and um, it's a small out in this world, so now I'm not that far away, but um got a great team here in Michigan, and you guys do excellent work, so... I just wanted to say thank you for what you do, and I appreciate the time I've had with you in the five years I've been here.
5: I'm Lance Mack. I've been uh, a programmer and support person at the Lake Union for the last 25 years. Normally, I come here and I... Give you some tips on how to use Lucas software. That is not the case today, per se. Uh, we're talking about data security, and uh, you probably have heard a lot about that. I do have a handout, if you don't have one, that uh, is uh, highlighted because I knew I wasn't going to have enough time to hit on all these points there are big discussions in the industry world on data security. So, um, and in the church it is, it is a topic of discussion as well. Now, Michelle had mentioned early on that she was, um, uh, that I was going to talk about how secure is your data um, using Lucas software. Now, Lucas Software uses a file structure that is not something that is easily uh, read by any, um, anybody off the street. Can it be hacked? Yes, because there's not a program out there that can't be hacked as well as their data. So your data security is largely up to you as far as how secure you're going to keep it. Now there's always the risk of getting on the internet and having someone hack into your system. So, you want to take precautions. I've highlighted a few things here. Um, Operating system on your computer is a big one. If your operating system isn't updated, you know Microsoft, most of you are probably using Microsoft Windows, if Microsoft is not updated on a regular basis you are in um, risk of having problems. There are hackers out there all the time trying to get to your data your personal data. If they could get into your files from Lucas, they would probably like that too because some of you are using um, oh, like uh, the signature uh, for um, yourself, for donations. You're using, um, if you're hiring someone as a contract worker, you're gonna be giving out a 1099 miscellaneous and more than likely, well if you want to use that program, you have to have their social security number in your system, so you want to protect the data, you want to protect your uh, donors as well. So, my suggestion is you always update the operating system. Uh, Most of them would be done automatically, sometimes that is um, you know, not very um, nice because you're shutting down your computer and it's in the process of updating. But um, others will have control over that so that they can do it at their leisure. I'm going to tell you just a real brief story. Uh, Not too long ago, I had a lady, I don't know what conference it was from, gave me a call and she was wondering if her data was at risk because she had received a phone call from someone who said they were from Microsoft and they needed to get on her system and they needed to do some updates and uh, let me tell you, Microsoft is not going to be calling you to tell you that. But there's people who don't understand that and this lady actually walked from her phone and her computer to the bedroom to get a um, a credit card and to give to this individual and then she realized, well maybe this wasn't the thing to do. And she called her uh, technician and he told her unplug your computer right now and she did that and hung up on this guy he called her back and he thought well we just got disconnected but th- this happens all the time and um, so don't share your computer with anyone unless it's me
0: <laughs>
5: so but you're in control of that because more than likely you're calling for support and you know who you're calling it's the same as if you're going to give your credit card number out to someone you're doing a purchase with you are the initiator so in the case of your support team yes you're going to have um, uh, times when you're going to share your computer um, screen with us Um, and by the way if I'm working with you I presume that these ladies are the same they're going to tell you what they're doing on your computer so that there's no there's no questions about it um, email emails are very easy to hack be very careful about downloading any attachment even looking at an attachment from a friend i re- I have received just recently because I'm on somebody's address book on their computer and they were I hacked into, and I started receiving information that wasn't from that individual. Be very careful when you're opening up emails. Yes. a
0: real
3: concern with people that send multiple emails under the two line, and everyone can see it, everyone's email, uh, even from the conference, I get those, and okay. we talk to some of them. But I notice it's starting to happen again. They should go in the blind copy. Send it. Yeah. Yeah. We send it to ourselves, and then all the rest of them are blind copy. Okay. It just, I don't want my address out there. Mm-hmm. No address out there with it.
5: But if somebody hacked your email, pardon me?
3: Even from the churches.
5: Yeah, okay. But if somebody got into your computer, um, and they would have your address book. That means they have everybody in your address book and they can send an email to everybody. They can. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, the other thing with emails is if you ever have an attachment, even if it's from someone you know and you think you know what it is, if it's an EXE, which is an executable, it could be a BAT as well, batch file, don't open it. You need to know for certain what you are getting. As a matter of fact, a lot of the emails now don't even allow an attachment with an exe. I'm jumping down to the third section there as far as operating systems. Oh, um, Up above, actually the very second one, I hope none of you are using XP. XP is an obsolete operating system. Uh, Microsoft does not support that any longer, which means that when they're doing updates for these viruses and that that are uh, coming out, the new ones, if you're using XP, you are not protected. So a lot of times churches get hand-me-down computers and um, they have old operating systems. Stay away from the XP. Have at least seven. um, uh, Vista, as far as I'm concerned, is a piece of junk, Um, (laughs) my personal opinion. Eight. 8 and up, 8 and uh, any improvements on 8 and 10 has a built-in firewall and antivirus which includes anti-malware and anti-spy. So you can actually use the tools that are on your computer if you have 8 or more recent. Um, It doesn't hurt to buy another one but what you don't want is you don't want two antiviruses working at the same time. We have found that, I don't know in this conference, because we deal with other conferences as well, but um, we have found that they fight each other, and it can cause problems with um, the program. Problems in the way of whether or not the program is um, responding or not. So, if you call in and say, hey, certain features of Lucas are not working, the first thing we're going to check is, do you have two antiviruses running at the same time? Um, passwords. Uh, passwords is a huge, huge thing in the whole industry. Now, unfortunately, uh, I have to tell you this, that uh, Lucas has a very weak password. It' only has eight characters. What you're really protected with is when you get onto your system, you should be logging in with a password. You had a question back there? I was just going to mention about, uh, you to about making sure that your computer date with Windows updates. You have to be careful
4: because sometimes Windows will actually um, basically turn on what's called like Windows Defender or something like that. Yes. And that's like a built-in antivirus. Mm-hmm. It will cancel out. It will turn off like um, any of the other ones like Norton or McAfee. they will actually turn them off and so even though you want to keep your computer updated, um, if you've got one or one of the others going, you want to make sure that once you've done the update, that it has in place. Okay. You turned on that Windows defender.
5: Okay, thank you. Most people, I would guess, has uh, it set so that Windows is automatically updated, but you know when that's happening, particularly right. when you're shutting down. Yes, ma'am. When that does
3: happen, when they do bring in the second one, how do you ever get rid of it? So you back to this one
5: again? Um, well we can uh, I can't go into that now, but there's a way of turning off and turning on what you want. Okay. So um, so that you don't
3: they're built in like you were saying, they just... No
5: um, they, they they do have they do have a built-in, but you can but you can turn it off. Yeah, you have control over that. It's through your settings. Um, so, my recommendation is that whenever, I don't care if, if uh, logging onto your system, whether it's using your own bank account or whatever, uh, many of you probably use your um, bank account for the church to pay your bills. Uh, don't make it automatic. Make sure that you type in the password. Uh, don't accept um, uh, the screen that comes up do you want this password saved? That is dangerous. Um, anybody else can get on your system and do the same thing. So my recommendation is on all passwords. You have um, to, uh, and, it, and it helps you memorize your password as well. Some of you probably have a lot of different passwords uh, for different applications. Um, so I've listed a couple things here. Long phrases is is a good um good way of doing a password, but um, you don't want to have the same password for your email as you do other things. Email passwords, by the way, are very sacred. Oftentimes if a hacker can break into your email password, they can break into anything else because you've got emails out there that are telling them where to go, what to do. So be uh, be very careful with your email password. Um, I'm on a forum that is talking about this Adventist forum, that is talking about this all the time. I've made an illustration down here that uh, you could consider. I have Mary Jane xx and a birth date or something, and then uh, Mary xx birthday, Jane and so forth. And then I have the xx. The xx, um, it's an easy way of, you could even write your password down, I wouldn't recommend this, put it with your computer, but you could write your password down and only you know what the XX is. So I just put down here you're know, like, um, Jesus loves me. You could have a phrase there that is um, something only you know, it's never written down, and you could use many different forms of um, the same password and um, have a note of what is used for what. This actually was on one of our forums not too long ago, within the last two weeks. Uh, that that was a suggestion because um, we're inundated with different programs and all these passwords and how do you keep them straight and then the discussion is we'll put it up on the cloud or put give it uh, somebody else control over it that has a program and these, they're not bad programs but everything is hackable unfortunately. Are you needing some time? Okay. Um, let me, um, you can read the rest of this. I want to I just demo something real quickly for you. Um, when you do the backups, and this was one thing that Michelle wanted um, me to demo, is um, uh, when you're backing up the entire folder, um, if you are using a flash drive or if you're using the cloud, there's many products out there that, have, um, that you can get on the cloud for free. Dropbox, um, OneNote, and so forth. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to locate on my system here the, um, I have Dropbox, and um, well let me tell you where Dropbox is going to end up. It's going to end up in user files, and then under user files your login, and then um, Dropbox and then I have a data folder. I have many things in my Dropbox right now and then um, that is the location. So if my files were out on Dropbox and I wanted to do um, my backup on Dropbox, but you can see the lower one there is um, actually the same location I just went to. I wanted to show you how to get there. Let's say I was actually going to go to my Lucas folder and do a backup of the data folder and the um, the lower the destination says it's user, lmac for myself, Dropbox, and data. And then I just hit the, uh, the backup button. Now, that is a way of storing your uh, data on the cloud, so it's external. And um, uh, Michelle is handing out the flash drives. Flash drives work. uh, But you want to have some some mechanism so it's external. Over the years I have talked to a number of people. November, December, they lost everything and they have to rebuild everything. Now this tells you that the uh, backup was successful. The next time I get in, it will have stored that information um, on, the, uh, on the lower one. The reason I didn't store the upper one is because I'm not using the standard. Um, Michelle, you're needing a few minutes. You only got a few left. Are there any questions? Yes.
3: You say that we should use a designated computer for Lucas and not use the general internet, so we can't even do our banking, online banking on the same computer.
5: What I'm really referring to is that you don't have your kids playing games on it. Um, you're going to do banking on your computer. You're going to do banking on your computer for the church more than likely. But I tell you, these games, they're, um, they're a target. And um, this lady had a question.
3: How safe is the cloud? That makes me so nervous. It feels like it's out of my control and it's out there for everybody anytime.
5: Well, it's not out there for everyone, but um, it is, I use it all the time. And I used it, uh, when I was treasurer for church, I used it for backing up externally because it was so convenient. But I also had other mechanisms. I didn't rely on one, such as flash drives.
3: You're just a couple of things, because I've been to computers like you. Since, since back when you started getting cassette tapes.
0: But anyway, I have a laptop that's, that I do the church stuff on. Mm-hmm. Exclusively. So it's all fun that it's used for. It. So when I'm
3: doing that stuff, I actually have a Wi-Fi turned off. So it's I threw my life on it's not loading to get specific. Okay. Oh yeah. So it's just you know, this is
0: this seems that way to do it. But then I make my backups actually have my backup to a I drive. My backup tools. I bet you have a flash drive fail. Okay. fail. So I back up
5: tool. Okay, good point. Because they, they do fail on occasions.
1: Thank you very much. This is a topic that a lot of people, like myself, I consider myself to be fairly techy, but there's a lot of information out there about the cyber stuff that I am not familiar with, and it yeah. is scary. Yeah. It is scary stuff. So thank you so much, both of you, for coming in today and for sharing with us. Again, right. we are not expecting you to go back and you know walk around the properties and start yeah. taking notes.
3: That's not the intent of this.
1: The intent is go back to your church boards, talk to them, and just start the conversation. And for those of you who have been audited in 2017, you do know that we have been asking some of those risk management questions. So we're kind of all getting started on this and we'll all work together, but it is an important thing. Um, For those who came in just a little bit late, I just want to remind you that we do have some flash drives that we would like to hand out to you um, as you leave today. Thank you so much for enduring the weather to come to this seminar. It was very good information. It was. Um, We are going to be available all week long. We have the same auditing room that we had last year, which is a room underneath the fitness center. If you go out either of these doors and you look at the fitness center, you will see that there's a little drive that kind of goes down into a doorway. That is the doorway that you go in, follow the signs, and you can come and find us. Some of you have offered to bring your books this week and we're going to be auditing your books while we're we're out here this week. Some of you have appointments with us today just to get some additional assistance, ask some questions. But we're going to be down there almost all week long. Well, okay, I'm not. I'm leaving Thursday. Go see my grandbabies. But Mary's going to be there all week long. So please feel free to come down and check in with us, ask questions. We'd be happy to show you things in the software. Um, So, thank you so much for coming. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for being with us through this time of scary conversation, Lord. Our world is changing, and we realize that, and it would be even more frightening if we didn't have you watching over us. We ask, Lord, that as we depart from this place right now, that you will be with each one of us, be with those who will be traveling today. Thank you for the, the liquid sunshine this morning, Lord, and we thank you for the sun that's coming this afternoon. Please bless each of us, bless our churches, Lord, because we know you're coming soon. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
4: This media was
2: brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons,